How do you predict what's going to happen in the future and how to protect yourself from future challenges? That's a question our nation's top scientists and experts are looking at right now, trying to figure out where to put funding to build future-proof projects. Ed Husick is the Minister for Science and Industry and he's our guest this morning. Minister, welcome back to Breakfast. Hi, how are you, Patricia? Good, thank you. Australia can lay claim to some of the world-changing inventions from Wi-Fi to the cochlear implant. Now, you want the scientific community to determine its priorities for the next generation. What should be the focus? Well, I want them to answer that question. I want them to guide us in the way in which uh, we shape research priorities uh, into the future uh, the last time that we uh, actually updated these national science and research priorities was in 2015, back when Malcolm Turnbull took over as Prime Minister. A lot's happened since then. And we've said as a new government, we want to put science back on the agenda and we want the science and research community to help shape that agenda. And that's why we, we're starting the consultations today around the look and feel of those priorities for the future. How is it different to what the CSIRO already does or all the grants that are offered to universities? I think it, um, if you ask the scientific and research community, they'll rightly point out that while the CSIRO does a huge amount of work for the nation, the CSIRO is not the sum total of all that scientific and research effort in the nation. And that we've got a lot of people doing a lot of things in science and research, and we want to be able to give them a sense of uh, direction or being able to set the direction of where we want to go, taking into account as we have lived through just in the last few years, so much of the world has changed. We've lived through pandemics. Um, we've lived through the impact of that, not just on our health, but the health of our economies and the way our communities function. So we need to be able to say, okay, drawing on that experience, where to next? And I just want to, I want the science and research community to have a sense that it's them being able to help advise us and shape those priorities and that we respond accordingly. Is this going to come with a commitment for more funding to, to actually deliver on this? I think there's a big uh, question underpinning that longer term about the shape of funding, absolutely. Uh, what uh, I've said with the science and research community is I'd like to get these priorities uh, updated, embed that in a national science statement. We haven't had one of those since 2019. And then we do need to look longer term about what we do in investing in research and development uh, in this country and uh, looking at how that's done and how it's funded and who needs to come to the table. Because at the moment, the bulk, while well, I'm very grateful, and I think a lot of us are grateful for the work that is being done in universities around research, how do we get business to do a lot more of that and how do we spread uh, the work? Because if you look at uh, the figures around 2% uh, of firms are responsible for the bulk of uh, business research uh, or business expenditure on research and development uh, and we need to have that much wider and we need to look at how we can improve industry engagement there. Just changing uh, the direction of our conversation, earlier this mm -hmm. week, the Environment uh, Minister, Tanya Blibsek, allowed an extension to Santos's gas fields in Queensland. Now, you're in the middle of negotiations with the Greens for three key pieces of legislation, including your bill, your National Reconstruction Fund. Is this decision going to jeopardise their support or do you, have you just made it a lot harder for yourselves? 
I think what we've tried to do as a government is say we're going to make decisions uh, in the way that they're supposed to. We don't want decisions to be politicised. We want them to be done in national interest and there'll be uh, pathways to making decisions that'll be quite separate. So the big thing coming to your question, the answer I would I would give you is they're separate things uh, and the Environment Minister is required to make decisions in her portfolio on individual matters that arise from time to time and Tanya's been doing that. She'll say yes to some projects, no to others, and she'll do it on the basis of evidence and fact and what the law requires. So that's what she does in her space. How in, in my arena, I'll, I'll just I'll answer very quickly so you can ask that question. Uh, in my arena around the NRF, I've been very keen to emphasise to Greens and anyone else who's engaged with us, minus the opposition, the coalition ruling themselves out because they've said no, but on the issue of coal and gas, what we've made, I've made the points that the NRF is about building manufacturing capability. It's not about extraction of resources or the uh, necessarily or the, the transportation of them. And the NRF at its heart has a massive amount of money that we want to invest in low emissions, uh, or the manufacture of low emissions technology. And we factor that into our emissions targets. So they're quite separate things. Sorry, you want to ask No, that's fine. I want, what I wanted to ask was that issue around your negotiations with the Greens. Mm-hmm. How are they progressing? Look, I, I'm very grateful for their engagement and the engagement across benches, and I've um, sought to make myself as available as I possibly can to work through issues. Some stuff we agree on, some stuff we don't. Um, I, I would love to go into the ins and outs of it, but I'd rather let those private negotiations sort themselves out because they will uh, obviously be made uh, public very soon and people that rightly expect that to happen. But uh, yeah, I, I am grateful that some of those points that are raised, because from our point of view, and I think you heard in the PM speech yesterday, we take a view as a government that we're not the holders of all knowledge, that we do accept, accept uh, and expect people to provide their input so that we can build a better outcome. Anthony Albanese made a big speech yesterday at the National Press Club, took many questions and talked mm-hmm. about AUKUS. He linked the multilateral agreement with the government's National Reconstruction Fund and critical mm-hmm. national security technology. Is that correct? Is the NRL, if, if the NRF is not successful, will that really jeopardise AUKUS? Well, the, there are elements of what we want to support through the National Reconstruction Fund in terms of building up manufacturing capability, making more things onshore, uh, where around technology we want to provide the capital to help a lot of the firms that are involved in areas that will uh, impact on AUKUS potentially, like, for example, quantum technology, the expectation is we'll come to the table with technological capability. Now, for a lot of these firms, they find it hard to get money. Sometimes it's because the investors are just not across the finer points of the details, don't appreciate the technology, or don't think they've got a capacity to invest. We don't want that to happen. We don't want firms to go offshore uh, to chase what they're doing. So a lot of quantum firms here that are ready to grow need that capital, the NRF will help provide that layer of capital and the coalition is saying they'll vote against that. Yeah, but and it, it doesn't jeopardise AUKUS though, does it? I, I think uh, it, it, what it does is it sets back the quality of our contribution when it comes to things like critical technologies that could be developed onshore. And what we want to make sure is that those firms, when they're ready to grow and they can make a bigger contribution, particularly in part in terms of either national security or economic security, that they've got the support that they need. And the coalition has just done a point blank, um, whole widespread blanket no 
uh, to the NRF without thinking through their position. Well, yesterday, departmental officials admitted to a Senate committee that they hadn't been briefed uh, about whether the NRF uh, had a direct impact on national security or AUKUS. Mm -hmm. So you made a claim that the department says is not there. No, uh, the department uh, just indicated that they hadn't necessarily briefed me on that, but I don't need the department to brief me on common sense things. I don't need them to tell me about whether or not gravity is real. The, the, the Hang on reality a minute. It's a bit is... different. No, 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 no. It's a bit different, isn't it, to whether gravity is real, whether a big program like this is actually directly linked to our national security. I mean, that it is. it's not sort of comparable what you're saying. If the department well, doesn't was... even know it's part of the national security architecture, that does matter, doesn't it? I was uncharacteristically using colour to make a very clear point that I don't need the department to make to necessarily give me advice on things that I think are self-evident. And what is self-evident, Patricia, is that if we don't have the capital here for these firms that are doing leading edge research and work, R&D, that can translate into a firm that can make a contribution to either national or economic security, if they can't find that money, if they go offshore and those firms aren't here, we, we are less for it. There's been a big push from the government promoting the manufacturing opportunities from AUKUS, but realistically, how many jobs are we going to see here when we know certain parts of the submarine can only be built overseas and the rest is being split three ways? I think there are a number of things that will uh, open up uh, as, as we sort of flesh out the uh, agreement and a lot obviously will... Uh, become a lot clearer as the, the PM and the Defence Minister uh, make announcements down the track. But there are a lot of elements to this than just subs, and there's a lot of other work in the defence industry space that Pat Conroy, my colleague, is is working on. But to be clear, I think we have a very, um, a very sharp focus as a government uh, on ensuring that for all the taxpayer dollars that are invested uh, through projects like this and elsewhere, there'll be a rightful expectation that we'll maximise the, the use of those dollars onshore wherever we can, good for jobs, good for industry, and we'll link in different parts, different works that's happening across portfolios to make that happen. Thanks so much for your time, Minister. Good on you. Thank you. Industry and Science Minister Ed Husick, you're listening to ABC RM Breakfast. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.